How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. Brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. And you are listening to KILT and KILT HD2 and Odyssey Station. Yesterday, Jose Altuve... <laughs> I'm pronouncing that right. Took on the uh, hated, despised, cheating Houston Astros. And Jose Altuve showed those cheaters exactly what he thought of them. Here's what it sounded like. And Venezuela fans cheering for Jose Altuve. Now, just to keep in mind, this is a WBC game, not a major league game. So there are no rules with a pitch timer. Jose, who likes to dig in that batter's box, can take his time. Jose said when asked about signing an extension with the Astros, he said, obviously, I've been here my whole career, and I hope to retire here. And he hits a base hit to left field in the first pitch he sees against his team. Maybe the only time he'll ever face the Houston Astros, and of course, Altuve ropes one to left. Probably a lot of knowledge on that mound from Brandon Belak, knowing that Altuve is going to be aggressive. You can kind of see he looked over at Altuve, gave him a little bit of a smile. As he gave him that cookie to hit, and Altuve aggressive early in the count, puts a good swing on it, breaks it to the left field to get this thing going. Yeah, that was a actually that was my first actual thought on that when uh, when I saw it. it was come on, Belak, are you kidding me? You don't know that Altuve is going to swing yes. at the first pitch. I was thinking the first pitch slider in the dirt because you know he's going to chase it. I mean, first pitch, you know he's swinging. I'm sure you know Belak it. talked about it afterwards. I don't know if he, I don't, I don't know if he served him up a meatball or if he just thought like, all right, let's go. Like I know you're going to swing. I'm just going to try to give you something really tough to hit. And uh, Altuve roped it down left field. So that was. Tough. Todd Callis on the call, obviously. El Tuve would go one for three in Venezuela's nine to eight win over Houston before a crowd of, I believe it was almost five thousand, um, in this tune-up for the World Baseball Classic. It was it was weird to see. It was weird to see El Tuve in the Venezuela uniform. I know he's worn it before back in 2017, um, but just. Uh, I, I saw. I think there were some people that were genuinely unsettled by seeing Altuve go up against the Astros, even though it was just an exhibition game. Okay, so let me ask you this. Yeah. More weird. Oh, I got a few of them. More weird. J.J. Watt in a Cardinals jersey against the Texans in 21. Jose Altuve in a Venezuelan jersey against the Astros last night. Akeem Olajuwon in a Toronto Raptors jersey. Jersey. Oh boy, that's a good question. It, it might end up being a Lajuan, um, just because it is just so much more iconic with a basketball player like him. Yeah, um, and with the championship, and then also to the to any anytime anybody goes to the Raptors, I feel like it's a little bit off. There's just something about Canadian basketball. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm xenophobic when it comes to. I know James Nesmith was a Canadian and all that, uh, but still, there's something I feel like it just it feels a little bit extra wrong. George Springer playing baseball up in Canada. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Yeah, I guess I should throw in DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt in Cardinals jerseys against yeah. the Tech. Man, that game wrecked me, man. I can't even get into that. <laughs> oh, my God, that game wrecked me. Really? Oh. It was a hard scene. Uh, it was, you were on the sideline for it, too. Oh, so, well, I, I don't know if I've told I, 
I don't know if I've told a story publicly, but I probably have. But after the game, I just wanted to see if I could see either and or DeAndre and or JJ. Yeah. And so I kind of float on the field. You know, all of, everybody gets together. When I realized at some point during the game, I'm like, they don't know anybody on this team in 21. It's, the whole team is new. Coaching staff's all new. They're right, not going to know right. anybody. But yeah. they were going to know all of the, the training staff. And, I mean, the equipment staff was new, which obviously we know JJ like Mike a lot. But either way, so they knew a few guys. And so Hop had been talking to a few guys. And so I walked over, and he was kind of done. He turned around, and he saw me. And his eyes just lit up, and he put his arms out for a big bear hug. He's like, my guy! And I was like, oh. And I literally just like melted in his arms like a long lost girlfriend, and we just talked for a little bit, and it was just like, oh man. So I'm just I'm a softy, so I'm starting to tear up, and I'm like, oh, this is not good. And then I turn around and it's JJ, and he's just finished up. He's about to go off the field, and I kind of tapped him on the the good shoulder, and oh, he yeah. saw me, and he just turned around. And he like you know shook my hand. He was like, John. It's good. It's gonna be okay, man. It's gonna get better. <laughs> and I couldn't even say anything. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know. If it's gonna get better, JJ. Yeah. It was like I wanted to have a therapy session right there in the field. That was that was rough. And well, then J- we got on the bus. Yeah, I'm sitting on a bus and I'm looking out, and all of a sudden I see them walk out together. Mm-hmm. They walk to their cars together, and I'm just like, uh. I get, it just got even worse, and I, yeah. I couldn't even. I couldn't even say that. That was a that was a rough half. Yeah, those are dark days for the Texans. That was, there, that was, that was a, a bad JJ day. was. Um, you know, JJ obviously was teammates with D'Amico Ryan's, and DeAndre wasn't. But uh, JJ, I know, was very excited. Like uh, like all those other guys voicing the their uh, their pleasure with the Texans hiring D'Amico Ryan's. That was cool to see. I feel like at some point when J.J. comes back for his Ring of Honor induction, uh, whatever whatever bad blood there was with J.J. and anybody in the organization, I'm guessing that's all uh, been washed away at this point. Yeah, <laughs> Just by I virtue so. of those guys not yeah. being present. Yeah, yeah. I hope um, so. And likewise with DeAndre. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think... Um, I do think DeAndre misspelling Cal's name has been more of a voice to text issue than it was. Uh, it was any because re- he texted something about Kyle McNair at one point, right? Yeah, Which, uh, it, yeah. It, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's we listened to De- we listened to DeAndre pronounce Cal, and we could see how on voice to text it probably came out. Oh Kyle. Yeah. yeah, that South Carolina Southern comes out. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. no there's no doubt there there are plenty of words that come out wrong on the voice to text for sure. I, that, that's why I don't voice the text because I swear to God I'm going to send something to somebody. And they're gonna be like, "Wait, what did you just say?" Yeah. Oh, it's supposed <laughs> to be water. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, other Astros news: Dana Brown, the general manager, not as optimistic about signing Framber Valdez and Kyle Tucker to new contracts. He says, "Quote: I felt a little bit more optimistic a week ago. I feel a little less optimistic." We may be further away, particularly on Tucker and Valdez, but I'm one of those to keep hope alive until it's okay. Let's circle back at a different date. I don't do much of it during the season, if you can avoid that. So uh, for people that are very, very, uh, you know, who are clamoring for Framber and Kyle Tucker to get re-signed, I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, I, you know, John, I don't. I, there's, I, I don't get as worked up about this stuff, just partly because the Astros have been able to say goodbye to various guys yeah. uh, over the years and replace them. And the other part is that neither of these guys are in imminent danger of leaving. Uh, I think Kyle Tucker might, though, be the one that just ends up just hammering down and, and realizing he's got $300 million out there somewhere and that, that the Astros just don't, they don't give out contracts like that. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Seth, because I, I obviously was listening to you guys during this time. Yeah. If you're Kyle Tucker and you've gone through that arbitration, and I I can only imagine what that's like to sit across from your employer, yeah. and your employer's like, well, you know, your OPS is only this, and your you know your average against lefties is only this. So in essence, you suck. But we're gonna give you five million, and you want seven and a half. And then an arbitrator hears that and goes, oh yeah, we find in favor of the Astros. I mean, how do you not have? in some way, shape, or form, a sour taste in your mouth from that. Yeah, and, and I do think that even if you don't have a sour taste in your mouth, I think it perhaps is more of a, a very revealing look at just the cold, hard business side of it yeah. than maybe a lot of football players get exposure to. Because in football, you've, you know, most guys have their agent that's the buffer. And, may, and, you know, that's supposed to work for you. Sometimes I think 
I, I think guys are a little bit more swayed emotionally uh, in football when it comes to re-signing with their own team. There is more of like a, a sense of, you know, d- d- being an, you're, it's drilled into your head over and over yeah. and over again about being an unselfish player, about being a team player. And that I, I think maybe some guys end up, you know, buying into that a little bit more than people might expect. In baseball, you get the, you get the introduction of the cold, hard realities. And yeah, I think that's where Tucker maybe, you know, after being through arbitration, sees a little bit more, oh, okay, yeah, I got to treat this like a business and it makes it less likely. So it's, that is, I, I think that's one of the big advantages to signing guys early, aside from all the other monetary parts of it. Um, Ian Rappaport yesterday weighed in on what he thinks might be some of the options for Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo, now that Derek Carr has signed with the New Orleans Saints, Garoppolo, the highest profile free agent quarterback, of course, Aaron Rodgers, potentially available, but not a free agent. Garoppolo is going to have some interested suitors. Expect the Las Vegas Raiders to at least take a look at him. What about the Houston Texans if they need someone to keep a seat warm for whatever rookie quarterback they draft? Same situation for the Carolina Panthers. Jimmy Garoppolo going to be fine. Yeah, so Jimmy Garoppolo going to be fine. Um, I actually I saw more excitement from Texans fans than I expected when they talked about uh, when there was this report from uh, oh I can't think of uh, the Jones writer first name Jonathan, Jonathan Jones. Jones Jonathan Jones um, that that there was a push from within the building to sign Jimmy Garoppolo uh, as a guy that could perhaps be a bridge quarterback even with the Texans drafting a quarterback this year I'm. I'm skeptical that Jimmy Garoppolo would be open to that situation until that's the only situation that's available for him. I'm glad you said that because what starter, formerly a starter and really lost his job because of injury, wants to be thought of as, well, you're going to be the bridge guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, What? Like, which? I mean, (laughs) Jacoby Brissett has been the classic bridge guy. You talk to Jacoby Brissett, and he's like, no, man. I'm pretty good. Watch yeah. me. Watch yeah. me beat the Bucks. Come from behind and beat the Bucks before Deshaun Watson takes over. Nobody wants to be the bridge guy. I think what would speak volumes would be what's the contract that Jimmy Garoppolo would sign and what would those teams offer uh, as a contract. And in those situations, I mean, if I'm Jimmy, I'm asking the questions. And a lot of times you're going to ask questions of people you're pretty comfortable with. Well, he's pretty comfortable with people here. Hey, are you guys going to draft a guy that you want to replace me in 2024? Yeah. Um, maybe. Uh, okay. The Panthers are telling me I'm the guy for the next three years. That's where I'm going to sign. I, so I, he's in a good spot. But by the way, who gave that report to Ian Rappaport? Yeah. Probably an agent. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, do you think Lamar Jackson's agent, if he had one, could be doing that? Right. Probably so. Yeah, and create at least some kind of uh, – you want to inject as much doubt and like a feeling of a, a auction atmosphere as possible into yeah. the potential suitors out there. I wonder, too, with Jimmy Garoppolo, with you know those three teams that Ian Rappaport just mentioned are all in the top ten in the draft, top nine in the draft, and any one of them might very well be drafting a quarterback high. If those were like the three hot candidates – and on Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm just going to wait until after the draft and see. Unless, like you said, if they give me a contract where I have an option at, after the end of one year, you know, give me a big number, backload it, whatever you want to do, just give me a big guaranteed number. I'll play this year, but yeah, I don't want to be sitting around like I was this year as the the guy in waiting in case somebody gets injured. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I'm skeptical that I'm skeptical it'll be as simple as the way it was floated. Here's the other thing about Jimmy Garoppolo too. I don't know this to be a fact, but I read this in a couple of spots where it didn't go completely well at the end with Jimmy and Kyle and potentially the organization. Yeah. So is there and I, and which obviously means he's he's moving on, but was Jimmy kind of sour on the fact that the organization handled it the way that they did, that they only went back to him. Oh, gosh, I just had a vision of something that happened in 2016. Um, because I was about to say, well, the 49ers only went back to Jimmy because they had an injury. Um, yeah, yeah. There was a certain Texas quarterback who said that in a locker room to a coach, and it got dicey. But um, that's beside the point. Is So, I don't know. Bobby Slowick was part of that offensive staff. How did he feel about that whole situation? Right, right. How did, how did that yeah. go down? Is there 
you know, were there was was there any bad blood in? And I don't know. I I just know that it wasn't a great situation for Jimmy in 2022, and especially because the Niners. I mean, they traded how many ever picks to get Trey Lance? Yeah, I mean, yeah, headed into 2022. Uh, Garoppolo wasn't even working out with the team. He was, he was throwing on off on the sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, was Ed Reed uh, 2013 working on a side field. So, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. So, I and that happens a lot of times in these situations. Like, well, such and such knows such and such because they were together here. And they, that doesn't mean that they enjoyed or liked each other or even respected each other. They might hate one another. But that's, that's the I'm connection always, you throw around. I'm intrigued by... When people mention uh, DeAndre Hopkins going to New England, I like I've I've seen various reports and articles about it up in New England, and it's I haven't yet seen anybody mention the fact that Bill O'Brien and DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins might actually hate each other. Right? I don't. I like yes. There's that. They always bring up the video of DeAndre Hopkins and Bill Belichick loving each other. You know, in the pregame before whenever they played last year because right. they were mic'd up. One of them was mic'd up. But uh, I really haven't seen a whole lot of mention of the fact that Bill O'Brien traded him away in one of the worst trades in NFL history. Yeah, I, exactly. Exactly. And that one's fairly widely known that those yeah. two didn't really get along. That there was a report that, the report that Bill O'Brien invoked Aaron Hernandez's name when he was concerned about DeAndre Hopkins' behavior. And like, DeAndre is going to go, yeah, trade me there. Now, me there. maybe he was thinking about that before Bill got named, but right. I would imagine not. Now, I jokingly one day, I remember Bill saying, well, I did call for 100-plus targets for him every single year, so yeah. it wasn't as if, you know, it's not as if I hate him. I, I don't know. I just think those connections are always kind of funny. Well, he played for such and such. Yeah, that doesn't mean he's going to go back and, and play for him again, especially when Things got bad, and I'm not talking about just OB and, and DeAndre, but it's just it's crazy for me to think that it's oh, it's just that. Yeah, sometimes those things do come into play, no doubt. There's sometimes uh, though, you're never like, look, John Harris used to do a show with Sean Pendergast. They must absolutely love one another. Well, that one's actually true. I love Sean. Other. Sean's great. You guys despise each yeah. other. So, you know, so, <laughs> just be right, careful. Whatever, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, was, that was from you guys on your show together. Yeah. Um, Diana Rossini of ESPN reported this morning, in the wake of an extensive in-person meeting between Aaron Rodgers and New York Jets brass, including owner Woody Johnson, there's optimism in the Jets organization that they are on the brink of landing the future Hall of Fame quarterback. Sources close to the situation tell ESPN. So uh, people with the Jets, at least, feeling very optimistic that they're going to land Aaron Rodgers. The Jets, I know, have also been in conversation with the Green Bay Packers because this would involve potentially a pretty complicated trade to try to pull this off. Um, What are you feeling right now about, A, the likelihood of this happening, and, B, what it would actually be like for Aaron Rodgers with the Jets? Well, there are a couple things. Number one, we play the Jets this year, and I really did not want to see Aaron Rodgers. To be honest, I was you ready. wanted to see Zach Wilson. I wanted to see Zach Wilson screwed all up. Um, None of Aaron Rodgers' teammates want to see Zach. They're all tweeting. Sauce Gardner's <laughs> tweeting at Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Brees Hall is tweeting at Aaron Rodgers. Sauce Gardner <laughs> is like threatening to go. Hey man, he's offering to go burn his cheese head that he stole from a Packers fan when they beat Green Bay last year. Yeah, um, yeah. But Poor Zach Wilson's just sitting over there having to watch it. The only thing that comes <laughs> to mind, Seth, is it's a matter of time. It's yeah. a matter of time. I mean, just following the number of Green Bay people that I I do, it just just felt like okay, it's time, it's time, and I think uh, it's now the Jets being the team. If I have the Raiders, I might try and swoop in, but then again, maybe the Raiders don't have the wherewithal to be able to do it. Maybe the Raiders know what the draft or what the uh, trade requirements would be. I don't know. Maybe the Jets have just got to have it. Maybe there's no way to compete with New York. I don't know. I think Las Vegas would. But either way, it just feels like it's a matter of time. It's just, okay, what's the trade compensation? How much of the contract are the Jets taking on? How much is Green Bay going to be on the hook for? And lastly, how good really is Jordan Love? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Are they feeling about Jordan Love? They're now, you see all kinds of reports about now all of a sudden, oh, they just love Jordan Love. They think he's ready. They think he's uh, the real deal. I just don't know if I buy it. It's for different reasons, but it was kind of like, well, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, people started gushing about Ryan Mallett up in New England. Yeah. Um, you know, in that situation, it was because they were trying to trade Ryan Mallett. Yes. Here, I feel like it might be out of necessity that they're gushing about Jordan Love, but it's, yeah, there's something. Is there something about Green Bay and just it being a small town that creates these situations like with Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers where they kind of feels like they go stir crazy at the end of their careers? Uh, maybe so. But I know those guys. I know he's got a house in Green Bay. Yeah. And apparently he has, like it's been well known in Green Bay. My my, unc- my aunt and uncle live there. My cousin lives there. It's funny because when we went up and practiced in 19 up there, uh, up at Green Bay, I got a chance to reconnect with her, and I had seen her for like 35, 40 years. So it was kind of cool to do that. And she told me that it's well known in Green Bay. He's got like this cleaning service, yeah, that comes in on a particular day to like go through and do this this full cleaning of his house, yeah, um, because he hasn't been in there for for oh, months, yeah, yeah, and because he's been out in <laughs> California or in a yeah. dark room or whatever. So yeah, uh, I think the it, you know knowing the people of Green Bay, I think they just they. Obviously, want the best for the Packers, but I think the drama has just gotten to them a little bit. It's it's enough. It's enough. Yeah. They're ready. They're ready. I think Rodgers is ready. The Packers are ready. I think it's just a matter of all right. Let's get this going. This is the next big domino. Their car was one to the Saints. This is an even bigger domino of Rodgers. But if you're the Jets, Seth, how much do you give up? What do you give up to get Aaron Rodgers? That, to yeah, me, would be the trickiest uh, part for Joe Douglas. Right. For a 40-year-old who's really – the contract they're taking on is really a one-year contract. Right. Um, or maybe a two-year. I think the 2025 is a dummy year. Yeah. So it's uh, – and, and they got to pay $50 million guaranteed right now. <laughs> in, in, there's a $50 million guarantee in 2023. So, uh, yeah, I – does it end up being a first-round pick? Or a, a, I guess a first and a second. Actually, it feels like a lot for a forty-year-old. Yeah, I man, yeah. I don't. Mm, I don't. If I'm the Jets, that's what worries me. How much I've given up for a forty? I mean, when Tom Brady went to the Bucks, that was just a free agent situation. Yeah, it was, it, that's just money. And of course, the Johnson uh, and Johnson family have money. You are John Harris, a draft expert, filling in for Sean Pendergast, an admitted non-draft expert. But Sean does have one area of expertise that he won't stop bragging about. It's his uh, quarterback face scouting. And uh, now that he's gotten a little bit of evidence that maybe some NFL scouts feel the same way he he does about judging quarterbacks by their faces, i got to get you to weigh in on Sean Pendergast's face rankings next. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Sean Pendergast is on vacation. I've got John Harris in studio today. We'll have Sean Bajani tomorrow, but having a great time talking to John about that which he is a great expert in, the draft. And uh, John's been doing it a long time, knows a ton of scouts, knows a ton of personnel people. And, John, um, there was some audio yesterday from Chris Trapasso, talked about him twice today, yeah. uh, from CBS Sports. Who uh, who talked about how he likes to use a quarterback's face <laughs> as uh, as a as a guide to judging prospects, and that he's not alone. Seeing Will Levis throw the football on Saturday, he, whatever he's doing, he's doing something right because <laughs> okay. he looks like an NFL quarterback. <laughs> he has some big upper body that I think a lot of teams they're scouting everything. They're looking at. Uh, you know, giving face grades and the haircuts. and Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax 
Wisconsin delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How a player looks, do they look like a franchise quarterback? From oh, that perspective, wow. I think Will Levis certainly passes the eyeball test. We're doing face okay. grades now? Yeah, Daniel Jeremiah talked about that when he was with the Ravens. And he's been serious about it. He'll say it probably again during this pre-draft process, that they grade some teams, grade quarterbacks by their face. Do they look like a franchise quarterback? And I think Will Levis does. Okay, so, uh, John, this is where this is where I feel like hardcore stat nerds like myself flip the hell out. And I'm, I'm saying that jokingly. I'm not a hardcore stat nerd. But, like, the old money ball thing was – that, you know, you've got these guys who are using advanced analytics versus some of these old school scouts who like judge baseball players by their faces. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, he's got the good face. That's yeah. a phrase in baseball <laughs> scouting. He's got the good face. Um, I, how, just how in depth are some of these teams going and judging faces? And if you're going to go by the face judging, uh, measure, like who, who wins in this scouting st- or in this, uh, draft class? So I, I heard this at the combine. And I, 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 for the life of me, I can't remember who said this. I want to say it was a receiver, but it was at the podium. And I, I was kind of doing a drive-by on all the different podiums. And so, because I wanted to hear a little bit from everybody. So I kind of was going by this one podium, and I'm standing there, and, he, and this player, prospect, was talking about all the different things he's done for the combine. And he's like, yeah, man, I even cut off all my braids. And I was like, Ooh, wait, yeah. what? So I've, I've, heard, I've heard hair be an issue before. This was not the Texans. I heard this uh, from a scout from a different team who's a friend of mine. And it was a coach that the scout was pushing a particular player. And he was going on. And, hey, and the, the coach was like, yeah, yeah, I like, I like players. Like, we draft him. He better cut his bleeping hair. Because he was uh, one of those that had kind of the long, like Trevor Lawrence, like yeah, locks. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, so I've heard hair be a be a major, <laughs> like a, like major a damned factor. hippie. Yeah, we're not gonna have some damned hippie on this team. We're not gonna okay. draft the that hair- guy that's got all those like ponytail stuff. No, this so. is where this is where because for one, okay. The bad side of that is that, like, some – then you, you could go really down a dark road, too, where, yes. like, some guys are just going to have some kind of racist feeling against uh, dreadlocks or right. something. Right. But I would say I'm trying to think of the good NFL quarterbacks who, regardless of what their hairstyle is, didn't, like, keep a nice, clean do. Like, uh, either keep their hair clean – like, a clean-cut haircut or, yeah. like, whether – if they got it styled or something. Like, I, I can't think of guys that look sloppy off the top of my head. Like, I feel like that that might be a, a pretty good indicator. Just like the way – like, with your quarterbacks in general, you want a guy that looks pretty crisp and professional that tends to, yeah. you know, portray leadership attributes. And I feel like a haircut of any style or cultural background – the, the, there's a certain standard that you hold it up. To. How do we feel about Fitzy's beard? Is he an outlier because of the beard? No, he's a guy that never achieved quarterback greatness that's because true. of his beard. See, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good if he'd point. had like a Dallas Keuchel grooming style, then he might have actually been uh, an All Pro at some point. Yeah, he never he never did do the grooming thing. He just yeah. let that thing run amok. Which is kind of <laughs> awesome. And then you see him in a huddle with the chin strap on, and you got all yeah. the the beard hairs coming out. I don't know that I could have respected him when he wanted to call an audible. I'd have been like, I don't know, man. I know you went to Harvard and all, but yeah, I don't know. It had a style to it, but it also had like a little bit of a Ted Kaczynski style to it because he it went to Harvard. Did. 
That's where, uh, yeah, I don't know. You can, uh, you're either a poet or the Unabomber, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure which. He kind of played quarterback about, like he was both. Interceptions. Yeah, yeah no. He, he yeah. kind of played quarterback like he was both. Like he, he was right. He was a Unabomber poet as a quarterback. Yeah, that's the way he yeah. played. Um, okay, so of these guys, face and haircut, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, who's got the who's who wins that battle? Oh, I'm probably gonna say Bryce because Bryce yeah. has got just a little bit of a little bit of facial hair, but it's commanded well. So yeah. I get I get a good vibe from from Bryce, and he was on commercials, so I give him that. Will Levis is pretty strong too. Uh, those are, I would probably go one two in that direction. I. So here's one, and this is this kind of leads to, I don't know, maybe the thought you have of a quarterback in your head when you see a guy. Jake Hayner is a guy, when you put the helmet on him and you watch him play, he does some gunslinger things. And, I mean, he's throwing off platform, sidearm. Like, I love the guy because I think this is kind of an off-the-radar guy. It's six foot 200 at the senior bowl. He did some, he did some really good things. I, I've loved him for about three years. But you see yeah. him at the podium, and he's a little bit, a little tiny bit balding, and it's kind of turned over to the side. And I'm like, can that guy be my starting? It's kind of like the Hunter Renfro thing. Like when you see yeah. Hunter Renfro, <laughs> like you're you're going, this dude is going to cook defensive backs on the daily. Like no way. And then you <laughs> see him do it, and you're like, middle aged. Huh. Yeah. You know. So I wonder how many how many teams kind of fall into that stereotypical like. No way, man. That dude cannot walk in our locker room and be our stud quarterback. There's no way. He looks like he works at Ernst & Young. No offense yeah, to Ernst & Young. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where it almost um, – it, 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 the guy has to have some kind of swagger beyond that, like above and beyond just whatever it is. that uh, it's. It, there's that study that shows that the quarterbacks with more symmetrical faces – Tend to tend to do better than quarterbacks with less symmetrical faces. However, you want to judge attractiveness or anything. Yeah, I, I, whatever yeah. works for you. I mean, I I just wonder, you know, does that does that play a role? And then I I stood there and I listened to Jake Hayner for probably thirty forty five seconds, and he was talking about different protections that they had put in that year because yeah. they had different linemen and it was a different coaching staff. And I was like, okay, that'll do. I mean, that'll do. I mean, in some sense, you kind of need to treat, especially quarterbacks. Like that Netflix show, Love is Blind, uh-huh. and just and listen to them and fall in love with them, how they speak, how they talk, without even seeing them. Yeah. Without even seeing them. Because well, you want to yeah. fall in love with the, the true essence of that quarterback. Well, like you like, think about like tech CEOs and how they look compared to back in the day when, you know, the average CEO was three inches taller than average and a good-looking guy yeah. and everything. Like, yes. People were judging it by largely superficial factors. And then somewhere along the way, they started realizing, oh, hey, let's just put the really smart people in, that, <laughs> in those roles right. and see how it goes instead. Like, oh, okay. You mean just because he was captain of the lacrosse team, it doesn't mean he knows how to manage a hedge fund? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. was such a good lacrosse player. Yes. My God. I mean, look at him. He's six four and dashing. You used the word dashing a couple days ago, and I was like, I'm going to use that. Dang it. Seth came up with that first. Dashing is such a great adjective. You, Very you brought good. up. Uh, you brought this up during the break when we were talking about this face face score underperformers, like guys who had good quarterback faces but didn't perform. You'd mentioned. Um, I think you mentioned. Oh, you mentioned Brock Osweiler. I, Osweiler yeah. looks the part. Like yes. you could see him in a movie, like a made-for-television movie, a play, movie playing the part of the quarterback. Yes, and then he opens his mouth, and you're like, Ah! I've had great success in this league um, playing football. Um, uh, do we have every interception tells a story? So I'm so done a Brock note. So Brock went and did college football games this year. Yeah. And so um, there's a game he's calling, and the team is down eight. And Brock's talking about the team. This offense needs to score quickly because they got to score and get an onside kick. And I'm like, what? They're down eight, bro. It's a touchdown and a two. What are you like? What are you doing? And I guess the producer must have gotten his ear and told him. And so the next time he talked, he was very adamant about scoring and getting the two. So yeah, we all forgot yeah. what he just said three seconds earlier. And I'm like, oh, oh my! 
Oh, yeah, stop. All right. But he had no, good. Right. He had good. I would imagine he had a good face grade. I would yeah, imagine he, he did. did. Brady Quinn, Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, like, various guys that maybe underperformed their their face grade. Um, who height, overperformed? Uh, who overperformed? I would say, oh boy, oh oh, um, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh and yeah, Matt yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, ben both of those are Matt good. Stafford look more like they would. They look like they would have been good in the seventies. <laughs> they don't look good like modern NFL quarterbacks. Like when guys are leaning, like they look like they'd be Ken Stabler good versus nowadays when guys are a little bit more put together. I guess. I wonder what Gardner Minshew's face grade would have been because he's got that wispy mustache. You know, he's got Boy, kind of yeah. the long flowing locks. That's a person. See, there's another grade. one where I think some scouts would think he's a damn hippie. Yeah. Where other scouts would say like, "Oh, you know what? No, this guy's got this guy's got character. This guy's got some uh, some some chutzpah to him." Thirty-two NFL teams. Thirty-two NFL teams. How many of them do you think at some point somebody said, "We're not drafting that damn hippie"? <laughs> oh, at some point, like in the last yeah. forty or fifty years. No, I'm, oh, no, I'm talking with like, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. How yeah. many of the 32 teams do you think someone in that draft room said, we're not drafting that damn hippie? I would at put least, it at 10. At least four. Yeah, I would put it yeah. at 10. Oh, well, you know what? I was going to say this when we were talking about, you know, whether some coaches might not realize even, like, their, their bias when they're talking about dreadlocks or something. That was one thing that both Dom Capers and um, – and Tom Coughlin especially, people would be surprised at how attuned they were to stuff like that. Yeah. You know, for back in the 90s, I can remember a couple instances. One was in the late 90s, the NFL one season banned do-rags. Um, and I can't even remember what the purpose was. But I remember Coughlin being very, like, conscientious about, like, going to talk to players on the team about this to get their input so we could talk to the league. Because, like, black oh, yeah. players are like, what the hell are you talking about, no durex? Like, we got to – like, you got you to protect your hair and everything. Yeah. So, like um, – so Coughlin was, like, very, very much proactive and, like, the opposite of the guy that would think, you know, oh, like, nope, everybody's got to have short hair. Yeah. Um, and then Dom Capers also. You know, these are guys that are successful and have worked with young black men for a long time. Right. And, uh, like – as opposed to people sometimes that work at league offices yeah. that uh, like that understand no, that you got there's differences that you got to account for and that you can't just assume that things should be a certain way. That's, that's a that's a great way of putting it. That I I just I just wish Dom would have taken some of that advice. I guess with what his uh, coif looks like at oh. this point. <laughs> I guess there was you know, Don was sensitive to the hair matters. So I guess he, that, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm different. I mean, maybe it's because I have my hair. Yeah, I know there are a lot of people out there going. You know, they've been bald since you know age of thirty, and they're like, "Well, you have your hair, John. You should be having." I'm like, but if it starts going that way, just like forget it, man. Just just let it go. Just whatever whatever it looks like is whatever it looks like. If it's white, it's white. If it's gray, it's gray. If it's black, it's black. Whatever. But just don't paint it. Height is a big topic at the top of the draft now. Faces, not as big. Height is a big topic, obviously, because of Bryce Young's height. Uh, Kyler Murray, the next shortest guy ever to get drafted in the first round, uh, he's not excelling in Arizona, but there's at least one teammate of his who thinks that it might be because he's short on maturity, not short in stature. We'll explain next. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Sean Pendergast is on vacation 
So he is uh, being replaced this morning by John Harris, our resident NFL draft expert, also the owner of footballtakeover.com, which is a great place to uh, read read write-ups, uh, his analyses on these prospects, and obviously Bryce Young. John, I don't know if this turned up in your research or not, but Bryce Young is only five foot ten and one-eighth inch. <gasps> is it? Uh, yeah. It's a, I hate to break that to you. Huh. He would. Uh, <laughs> Dang it. He, he is, uh, you know what? He is tied with Kyler Murray as the shortest quarterback who would be taken in the first round since uh, 1967. Mike Vick was um, – there, there's only two quarterbacks drafted in the first round who are under six foot. Mike Vick was the number one pick overall. He was six foot tall. Drew Brees was six foot, mm-hmm. 213 pounds. Um, so those guys are um, – it doesn't say who the other – who's the other one less than well, six Well, Drew's foot. taking the first pick of the second round. What's that? So Drew oh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. No, no. We were, they, we, I, I mixed those two guys in yeah, yeah. Um, in the conversation. Gotcha. Kyler Murray, uh, less than six foot, but I'm blanking on who the other five uh, less than six foot receiver taken in the first round was. Mm. Um, but oh, well, Kyler Murray was the first one, shortest taken since 1967. So Bryce Young would be tied with him for that. Um, the body weight, obviously, is a big concern. But Kelvin Beecham, who's set for free agency – but played for the Cardinals the last three years. He was on Arizona Sports on Wednesday, and I, he's got some juicy quotes that, <laughs> oh boy. that'll be really interesting if Kelvin Beecham ends up re-signing with the Cardinals because this is what he has to say about Kyler Murray, who hasn't quite progressed up to where I think people had hoped he would by this point. He says, you have to be able to lead an organization. You've got to lead a team. It's not a completed process. I didn't say he lacks leadership. I just think he needs to grow up a little bit. I think if he has the ability and willingness to grow up, he's going to be just fine. They paid him for a reason. They paid him because of his talent. He has the ability to lead. When you're in that position, we need you to lead more. You're the face of the franchise. You have to lead in every single capacity. That's um, I that's, that's rare to hear uh, a teammate. And Calvin Beecham's not like a guy that's known for – you know, the crazy polarizing quotes or anything or tweets or anything like that. Um, I, I feel like that's pretty revealing. Absolutely. I think it's absolutely. No, he doesn't, he doesn't obviously get into specifics. He doesn't, and he doesn't actually say that Kyler's a bad leader. The one thing he said in there is we need more. And that's, that I think is the fine line for a quarterback. Yeah. Because, I think one of the, you know, we talked about Brock Osweiler earlier. I think with with Brock, Brock came in with the idea of what a, a number one quarterback had to be and what he needed to be. And I don't, I think it was, it was too much. So I do think there's a fine line between not leading enough and being kind of the overbearing you haven't deserved the the acclaim of being the guy in the locker room just yet with us. I feel like you've got to earn that opportunity. And whether I mean, look, that Cardinals team had a lot of alphas on it. They had a lot of I mean, they had Buda Baker, they had JJ, they had Hop, they had a lot of alphas on that team. And so maybe Kyler saw the other guys as and maybe deferred to them. Who's to say? But I do feel like as a quarterback. You have to have that ability to talk to the punter, to talk to your third-string tight end, to talk to the special teams coach, to talk to the offensive coordinator, and be in charge of all of those conversations. And to be someone that everybody on the team would say, you know what, I don't know that I would go out and drink beers with that guy, but I'll get behind that guy no matter how big, how small, how good, whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna get behind that guy. I, I look at Jalen Hurts, and I told this to Mark. We were watching. I was watching. Uh, they had him mic'd up for a game, and I they had everything. It was like an eight minute video, and you watched him from point A to point Z, the whole thing. He led the speech at the beginning of the game. He talked to the team in the locker room, and you could just sense. You got the feel. Those guys were gonna follow him all the way. You saw the Super Bowl mic'd up. And you hear Brandon Graham on the sideline like, hey, one, pick us up. Hey, one, pick us up. Like, there's a, there's a commanding respect that he has 
for that organization. And that's the t- that's the type of quarterback you got to have. I, to me, I feel like I think Beecham's right. I think Kyler has to grow, not so much grow up, but grow into the role of you are the unabashed leader of this team. You yeah. can't let Buda be that guy. You can't let JJ be that guy or Hop be that guy. You're that guy. We have to see it from you. There's almost, yeah, like, remember when Dan Patrick interviewed him at the draft, and Dan Patrick was kind of giving him a light grilling over what his intentions were, whether he was going to go play baseball or not. And Kyler Murray just handled it so poorly that, like, typically I would hate that discussion, but I felt like it actually was valid because, again, the quarterback is the one position where that stuff matters. Like, how can you handle, you know, how do you handle these little interpersonal things like this? And And it looked like he was so out of sorts and out of his element and just handling like a very light grilling by Dan Patrick. It's not yeah. like Dan Patrick is, uh, you know, it, it, giving you a political interview or something like that. And, yeah, I, I think perhaps maybe that's it. I guess and the reason that this one struck me was because just yesterday uh, one of our listeners had said, hey, why would you draft Bryce Young? Look at Arizona and what happens when you draft a five foot ten quarterback. I don't know. I don't, I don't really see – Kyler Murray's height being the issue at all in terms of his delayed development in the NFL. Um, it's certainly an issue that anybody who's short has to deal with, and you have to overcome it. But I don't see that as being the biggest factor that's holding back I Kyler I agree Murray. wholeheartedly. I absolutely agree with you, Seth. I mean, watching him in 21, we've talked about this game, but it was fascinating to me watching him in 21. Now, obviously, the offensive line in front of him is not great. And it, I mean, it's not even good, but he would, the Texans would corral him and sack him and he'd stand up and he'd slam the ball down. And, you know, there'd be guys that would, would come up and, you know, get him up off the turf and offensive lineman. And he'd just be kind of throwing his arms around like, no, don't pick me up. You know I mean? The, the vibe that he just gave off was, yeah. y'all are letting me get sacked. Y'all are yeah. killing me back here. That was the vibe I got from him. Now he, he didn't say it, but his body language spoke volumes volumes and I go back to this we mentioned this about Josh Allen earlier in the show talking about quarterbacks that have dealt with adversity when did Kyler Murray ever deal with adversity oh things got tough at A&M when his dad was squawking apparently about his playing time and that became a major issue so he goes to Oklahoma becomes the guy and wins a Heisman Trophy becomes the number one overall pick now he can pick between football and baseball um, and he's actually making that decision. When has he ever had adversity on the field? Yeah. When has he ever had to face any of that sort of thing? He never lost a game in high school. So when has he faced true adversity when he's had to fight for a starting spot? He's had to fight for that particular drive in a game. When has he had to do that? He's never had to do it. And I just think, I think, I think Kyler... How do I say this? I think he appreciates a little bit of that drama. Back when he was, he had been committed to AM forever. His dad went to AM. He was committed to AM forever. A week before National Signing Day, he tweets a picture of a Texas Longhorn jersey and says, What do y'all think? Yeah. And it's like, Wait a second. That's, I mean, I get the recruiting game. I get it. But it's, a, you're, like, you know, it's now honestly, you're playing games and I don't care for it. Well, and I honestly, if you're, if you're drawing comparisons with Bryce Young, it's the kind of stuff that you wouldn't see Bryce Young doing. Exactly. Even if Bryce Young were to transfer, he wouldn't handle it that way. You right. know? Right. Like Jalen Jalen Hurts had the most justified and awkward transfer ever, and yet he handled that with a plum. Absolutely. You know? Like so Jalen Hurts, that's how you handle a transfer. Even though and it wasn't like Jalen Hurts was not the classic transfer at all. There was a lot of you know like football drama there, not drama right, right, drama, right. but football drama. Right. Um, and yeah, likewise, I just I couldn't see Bryce Young handling it that way. I don't think C.J. Stroud would handle it that way. So that's the that's the part that I I, I don't think it's an apples to apples comparison when you say, "Wow, Kyler Murray is five foot ten. Um, oh, this was the stat I was looking for. It was the two quarterbacks drafted in the first round below six feet since the nineteen sixties. Baker Mayfield was the other one. And there's another uh. one where I'd say, okay. Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray both. Man, if there's one thing we've learned, 
It's that if you're going to draft a short quarterback, let's be sure he's dialed in on all the other stuff, the maturity, yes. the leadership, all that, because neither of those guys apparently look like they're guys that their their teammates really look up to or that they're genuine leaders or any of that other stuff. Yes, and if you draft a guy and you've measured his 40-time running from the cops, probably a bad idea at number one, which yeah. is but. Baker Mayfield. Or if he squeals like if Baker Mayfield had just like handled his arrest more like a man, right? I I would have right more respect for him. Exactly. Now that's leadership. Kids, you can't squeal. Just don't. Just don't squeal. Like, you know, you lose all credit at that point. You just you, you talk a big game, and then as soon as the cops put you in cuffs, you go. Yeah. No, uh, you can't. You just can't squeal. Hey, there's a report that. There's a push inside the building for the Texans to sign Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to find out if John Harris is the pusher man. I'll interrogate him next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.